Hello everyone and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is Liam and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Grant. Hello there, music fans. And George. Hello there, music lovers. Each episode, a host or a guest nominates an album that they think is flawless and we talk to them about how they discovered it, why they love it and what makes it flawless for them. We have a Facebook group. It's called Flawless Friends and Family. You can find the link in our show notes. In the group, we announce in advance what albums we're covering and we get your thoughts and we read them out on the podcast. And of course, being a podcast, we have a Patreon. So from $1 a month, you can back us on there. You can get access to our bonus episodes and also early access to these episodes before they come out. Once again, you can find the link in our show notes or patreon.com slash flawlessamp. So today we have a guest. Would you like to? <laughs> oh, Sorry. For everybody else, you'll you'll only hear one version of that and you won't understand why that was weird. Okay. <laughs> would you like to introduce yourself? I sure would. My name is Emma Dean. I am a Brisbane-based musician and performer and songwriter, choir mama, and um, nice. I'm a life coach in training nice. currently. Yeah. Cool. Woo. So where can people find out about all your various mm. things that you're doing? You can find out about all of those things on Instagram, Facebook. Um, you can find me at, at Emma Dean Music um, or at Emma Dean Coaching. My choir is at Cheap Trill Music, which is C H E P Trill. Nice. That was so well prepared. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, you just like rolled that Boom. off. I was Thank like, you so, so much. much. You're yeah. like a nice. radio presenter yeah. or something. That was really yeah. nice. And would you like to tell us what album you're nominating today? I would love to. Oh, this is an album by my girl crush, Tori Amos. Oh, and nice. it's girl called, crush, yes. <laughs> it's called um, Little Earthquakes. So, just before we get started, um, there is a song on this album that talks fairly explicitly about uh, an act of rape. So, we'll be talking about that song at some stage in the episode. So, just for everybody, this is the content warning for you. If there's discussion of those sorts of things makes you uncomfortable, you'd rather not hear that, that's completely fine. We recommend you check out a different album, or sorry, a different episode of Flawless. Thanks, Liam. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Liam. <laughs> so, Emma, how did you discover this album mm. from 1992? Oh. Okay, so... I was a little bit delayed in discovering this album mm -hmm. and in fact discovering Tori Amos in general. This is a bit of a theme for me in my life. Uh -huh. um, musically. Musically, yes. musically speaking. So I remember I was studying at the Conservatorium of Music in Brisbane and I was a, I am a piano player and at, around this time, well, I've always really been interested in writing my own music, mm -hmm. but I never felt really cool because all of the the songwriters that I was kind of looking up to were all male guitarists. Mm -hmm. And you mean you weren't into Billy Joel? <laughs> actually, actually no, I I was, Billy. but again, okay, because I brought later the on. <laughs> I I yeah, I I love a bit of Billy Joel, but um, but. I remember seeing Tori Amos play a live 
show and I can't even remember, you know, whether I think this must have been on the internet, on YouTube, and I had heard her music but I hadn't ever seen her play live. Mm -hmm. And it was that that just hooked me in. I was like, who is this woman with her legs spread on the piano just playing like a boss? I was, you know, she made the piano in my opinion, just very sexy. And I thought she was the best thing ever. And so after I made that discovery, I went back and found out more about her music. Actually, I lie. <laughs> when I first Please heard her, <laughs> I, so that, that, is, that, that is true. So I, I, I really became quite obsessed with her at that time. So this was kind of early 2000s. But when I was in grade 11 I was doing dance as a subject at my school which was Kelvin Grove um, State High School and um, my contemporary dance teacher she choreographed to Pretty Good Year which is a Tory song (gasps) from another album yeah and I loved that so much I loved the the middle section of that song where she gets really rocky but again I I didn't ever have sort of footage of her playing live. Mm -hmm. Like, so I didn't even know she was playing the piano. So it was at that moment that I discovered this amazing woman and I saw the visuals of her performing that just, that was it for me. I was cool. Yeah. She won me over. Nice. Just like that. So you you went back at that time and sort of found, I guess, a few albums of hers or hadn't she only released just this one at that stage or? No, she had released a a few and she's prolific. She's 92. Yeah. Super prolific, yep. So what made you pick this album then as as the flawless one? Well, I found it really hard to choose one, to be honest, because with Tori Amos, I have many of her songs are, are sort of, very meaningful to me and they're scattered throughout multiple albums Mm -hmm. to be honest Mm -hmm. but I think there are a number of songs on this particular album that are meaningful to me and that have stayed with me all of these years so it was kind of the most obvious choice yeah yeah nice Nice. there you go good hello I'm going to blow past, have you heard of Tori Amos? And ask you, um, have you heard this album or had any experience with this album in particular? Um, yeah, I owned this album. Nice. Um, I think I still do Back in the Box in the UK on mm-hmm. CD, um, but not from 92 when it came out. Because I was going to say, come on, Martha. Like, <laughs> this is getting ridiculous. I was seven when it came out. Um, so I didn't know Tori Amos when I was seven. Um but I do have this recollection of seeing Silent All These Years on MTV mm-hmm. um, at some point between 8 and 10. Mm-hmm. And I actually heard her for the first time when I was 10, properly. So um, my mother worked as a nurse and she um, is a muso. Um, and she worked with a woman who had bought Boys for Pele, which is the third album by Tori Amos. Mm-hmm. Um, but she didn't like it very much. And she said, here, Jan, give this to your daughter. She likes music. Um, and also, I was for the record, I used to be platinum blonde and I was going strawberry gingery at the time. And so... There you go. Um, the she, stars my mother brought home this um, CD and there's a picture of this pale, red-headed woman breastfeeding a pig, a baby pig. Really? 
yeah mm-hmm. um on That's the front nice and i looked at it and i was like i don't know what's going on here and then i popped it on and it starts like boys for palo starts with an acapella um, song called beauty queen and then there's a silence and it moves into one of the most beautiful things i've ever heard which is a song called horses and mm. um, so like that was um and i was playing piano at the time and i was going ginger um so <laughs> i was like okay i like this so i listened to boys from ballet on repeat many many times like that whole album i loved it and then i started to hear a couple of the songs on the radio or mtv but that was it um so yeah so then i went back so it took me like a couple of years to go back and actually get like all her um under the pink and little earthquakes which are the first two albums um but then i did own them because i loved her so much so then uh yeah so i listened to them and uh so um she even sings about um uh, the orange clouds raining in my head at one point and i was like that's the best way to explain being ginger um, <laughs> so um yeah in silent all these years yeah. she she sings um um yeah years go by and i'll still be waiting for somebody else to understand if i'm stripped of my beauty and the orange clouds raining in my head mm. Which I just really loved. So it made me feel better about going ginger. There we go. And I tried to go ginger. I mean, I was a fake ginger for many years, inspired by Tori Amos. Yeah. And then gave it up. I gave it up. It was too hard to maintain, but I loved it. I loved it. So (laughs) I'm very jealous of your natural ginger. Yes. Tori Amos? I haven't ever, I know old Tori Amos. I knew, I think. Cornflake Girl was the first song that I knew, and that was all over the radio. Yeah. Yep. Um, Professional oh, yeah. Widow as well. Um, <laughs> I lived with a friend of Emma's and myself, Helen Paris, who is like just 100% in love with Tori Amos. Oh, yes. And I'll talk more about her later in this episode. And I have not, I lived with her for like nine months, and I have no idea how I didn't listen to a Tori Amos album because <laughs> Helen loves Tori and, yeah, absolute super fan. But um, yeah, I hadn't heard an album. And I, I, when I saw Silent all these years, I'm like, I know the name, but I couldn't, I couldn't have told you what it sounded like beforehand. Mm. So I didn't know, I didn't know one other song, but we'll get onto that when we get to it. Mm. Cool. Grant, Tori Amos, had you heard Cornflake of Girl? Cornflake Girl, of <laughs> yeah. course, Cornflake Girl, and the Professional Widow, the version oh. that's Armand's Star oh, Funk, yeah. Star Trunk Funkin' Mix. Yeah, that yeah. was the one that I. Yeah, and that was that was it. But when I heard this. I must have heard this at boarding school because 92, so I would have, um, yeah, there's a... Because those were both after this one. So would you have heard this one at boarding school? Yeah, or? yeah. When I, I'd heard Crucified before. Absolutely. Okay, right. Like, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have known it, but... You're in, front of, me, you're in front of me again. Well, a couple of them actually, yeah, lots of double ticks, which is a good song. Yeah. <laughs> a good song. So I had, I would have heard it, but not known at yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. Um, when it, but between 92 and 96... Yeah, at the time. Mm. So, so yeah, debut solo album for Tori. Um, before this, she released a couple of albums with a band whose name now escapes me. Why can't, Why can't Tori, Tori read? That's it. Because that, that was because she, she got kicked read. out of um, university for not reading, that, for refusing to read her um, music properly because she didn't need to. No, overrated skill. Unless wow. people in the room have it, which is fine. But yes, if it sounds if it sounds good, that's fine. So only two people performed on this album. So Tori Amos really? did the acoustic and electric pianos and lead vocals. 
and background vocals and sample strings. And then Steve Caton did guitar, bass, and some background vocals. I thought, I think there's more. There's you more. Reckon? There's 21. There's there? 21 I, musicians. Okay. I, I, I only wrote write, down two. So I could, sorry, I'm confused. I couldn't I write them all. Wrong. Maybe was, I didn't write them all down because so I just took the top two. I literally sorry, didn't write them because oh, that's right. there's, um, when I looked on Wikipedia, there was 20 other musicians. Right. 21 other musicians on it did this sound, album. It did feel a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> there were only two people. This album is a very full album. Yeah. yeah. A very so complex and layered there's album. There's an orchestra. Yeah, there's yeah. an orchestra and strings. I don't know why I said that. That was really dumb. Uh, it got to 14 in Australia, certified gold, 14 in the UK and 54 in the US. Mm. And there were four slash five singles released from it. So Me and the Gun was released as a single. Well, so there was a single release which had four songs on it. Silent All These Years was the first song and then Me and a Gun was the third song. But the name of the single was Me and a Gun. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know whether they just didn't, people were like reacting weirdly to that but less than a month later they re-released it exactly the same same photo same track list but called it silent all these years as a single and that's when the radio picked silent all these years up and started playing it so it was okay. yeah but they because all everybody talks about me and a gun being the debut single but oh you can't that's no no radio station is gonna play no, here's, here's no, a song no, no. an acapella song from someone you've never heard of yeah, would you like totally. to play on the radio yeah, that's not gonna happen. But yeah, yeah. I deep dive it's like it's just the same four songs, but they just named it something different. And did you know who, some there's someone out there in the uh, pop industry like maybe like 10, 15 years ago, um, who says this is one of the most influential albums of his like experience of all time. And he was married to Britney Spears. It is Mr. indeed Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. Right. Wow. Yeah, he uh, that says is surprising. This, he says this album. He didn't marry wow. Britney, did he? They never got married. I thought they got married. No, I, they, oh, they didn't get married, but oh, they were together for a long... Or something. Oh, yeah. 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 And it's very sad that I know that, but sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm really debating pop culture. And so JT said that, okay. Oh, yeah, JT that. said that. Um, so uh, she is... she. Although people call her classically trained, she actually has this con- like weird condition, which I've forgotten to write down, like chromatopathia or something uh, where she can in her mind she, she sees a shard of light and from that shard of light she sees all the layers of a song and she writes the song from that mm-hmm. and that's how she composes it um, but uh, her brother her father was a Methodist pastor mm. um, so she was exposed to religion from a young age but her grandfather was pantheistic which meant he believed in no, no one true God so she saw him as really influential for her pantheistic yeah okay, I've heard um, so uh, yeah but her older brother and sister were getting piano lessons when they moved um, but Tori as soon as she could reach the piano at the age of two was playing and she would listen to a song once play, yeah. and then just oh, play it. Nice. Play it. So she was at five, the youngest student ever admitted to the Peabody Institute at John Hopkins University on a full scholarship. Now that's a huge university over in the that's UK. At the, and it's the to date she's still the youngest person ever admitted. But wow. then left she was her scholarship was revoked when she was a level Eleven for her refusal to read music and her preference for rock and pop as opposed to classical. So she is um, well. Like an attitude problem. So then at (laughs) thirteen, instead, accompanied by her dad, the Methodist pastor, um, she would go and play piano at gay bars and piano bars all around her city. 
Um, and then, and her name is Myra Ellen Amos, not Tori. Somebody said she looked like a Tory pine tree, and so she took the name Tori mm. as her stage name. Okay. Um, ah. So yeah, so um, she got signed on her first band to a six-album record deal, but she ended up hating that album, and then she was committed to bringing out another five albums. So two mm. of them were covers. Because she was resented being so, on the album. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. So she's a very accomplished human being. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite. She saw through the six, six record deal in the end? Yeah, yeah, she did. The final one was covers, and she did one of covers called and Strange Little Girls, where she did like a gender gender role where like i don't like mondays and stuff like that she split she swapped the genders around okay. and she had really great artwork of her dressed in all the different characters yeah. clothing and stuff like yeah so yeah so she she committed but literally her last album her sixth album was just covers because she refused to give them any more original, original material, material. Mm-hmm. it's a long yeah. time eh? six, yeah six album deal jeez yeah and how long was she, how old was she around about when she finished the last album then um, don't know when she finished the last one, um, but she was about twenty-one, I think, when this album came out. Mm. Okay, that's pretty good. Oh, unreal! <laughs> twenty-one when this album came out. About that, yeah. Oh wow! Was, I thought she was a bit older. There's also a comic book with all these incredible artists dedicated to her called Comic Book Tattoo Tales. Yes, I've got it. No, oh, I've, oh, ordered, right. I've just <laughs> ordered it. Oh, you have? Oh, yeah, oh, I've cool. just ordered it. That's exciting. Mm. So, uh, yeah, just about her songs and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yep. So she's like, I like her. Hmm. That's <laughs> just cool. Emma, in your music, do you, is it, do you mostly piano-based or guitar-based yourself? Well, mostly piano-based, yep. but I have started playing guitar. Okay, cool. Yes, recently. Um, but yeah, I mean, so inspired by mm. by Tori. Yeah. I love the way she plays. Mm. I love her sense of harmony. I love what she does with her left hand. She's tricky. She's a, yeah. Mm. Tricky little minx. <laughs> I remember because I used to play by ear when I was oh, young. Yeah. And um, I was playing piano a lot and I would try and play Tori. And I was like, no, nah, I can't do it. I just couldn't do it. Like I could play some Billy Joel. But yes. I couldn't, because that was like simple bluesy chords and stuff. Mm. But I couldn't play Tori Amos and I was like, okay, fine, I'll just sing along. <laughs> it, she is unlike any other piano player, singer, songwriter um, that I have ever heard. The way she plays is so, um, oh, well, it's complicated and it's like her voice and her fingers are working as one mm-hmm. and you know she fills space in a way that other piano players don't it's just fascinating and I love in the mixes of this album of all of her albums that piano is yeah. right there mm-hmm. you know it's not a back background kind of vampy chordy yeah. kind of instrument it's like this is this part of her voice mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I definitely that. I felt as I was listening to it was like she could have, if she wanted to, just done piano and nothing else. It could have, like, most of the songs would work just as piano yeah. and nothing else and parts. And she does that live yeah. a lot. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, just her, her on stage or her with two pianos and yeah. an organ. Like, you know, <laughs> I yeah. love she that. kind of, like, sits, straddles the, yeah. the piano yeah. stool. And, yeah, it's amazing. So have you seen her live? I have seen her no. live. No. Where, where and when? Details. So this was years ago at QPAC, the concert mm-hmm. hall. Uh-huh. I went with... Um, Kate Miller-Heidke and her oh, friend, nice. um, I think 
think it was Mia. I can't remember. There yeah. was a third person there. <laughs> and it was incredible. And it was just her on stage with, mm-hmm. you know, a piano. Big old grand oh. or something. The only thing that I would say is that it did go on a little bit too long. Okay. Really? There were too even many encore, yeah. even for me. Yeah. I'm a big, like, like, what? Well, I love a set list. I yeah. love yeah. I love yeah. a well crafted set list, and mm-hmm. I think if if it's just you and a piano on stage, it's got to be very well crafted yeah. Yeah. to kind of hold people's. Yes. So you could, you know, when you're in the audience and you can, everybody's so excited, and then there's that tipping point where you can feel the energy in the room slightly change, and people are getting tired, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I'm looking at their phone, their yeah, watches," watches. Yeah. and and there was a bit of that even in a Tori Amos concert, which I hate to admit yeah. but it was um, apart from that it was just yeah, how, how long do you think it was time wise i can't well it was at you know a number of hours yeah yeah um which is mm-hmm. a long time to be sitting to yeah. you know watching was there a one... support act i think it might have been i feel like it might have been tyrone noonan okay i cool I'm, i have to look that up but i'm pretty sure it was ty yeah nice. cool um and the other thing was that she didn't really talk in between songs very much oh, either. Okay. So there was not Strange. much storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. That could have been something that you know, was more engaging. Her live yeah. videos, she does lots of talking. I, and I love her stories because they're so yeah. wacky. She did a couple. Mm. I think she talked about her daughter who would have been really young back then because mm-hmm. this would have been in the, I want to say, the mid-2000s, like maybe mm-hmm. 2006, 2007. Yes. Mm-hmm. So her daughter would have been really young. But – um. Yeah, so that was a bit. I love a story. Mm. I love a good story on stage. But I think it doesn't matter how much you love a band. I think there can be a point where they they've played on too long, and you think yes. like, no, this, you just needed to wrap this up a little bit earlier. <laughs> There's a video can. of her doing Muhammad, my friend, with Maynard James Keenan yeah. from Tool. And I remember when I saw that for the first time, and I was like, I fucking love Tool, and yeah. I was like, fucking love Tori Amos, and I was like, we put those two things together, and she was like talking about how um, the, sometimes they call each other at night and sing each other lullabies mm. oh, that's so that's, beautiful i think that's a theme with her because she she was friends obviously with Maynard. she was friends with kurt cobain she was friends with she, um she knows certainly michael Cyphers. like she's she's not friends i guess with just other piano musicians really like she's friends with a lot of big oh, yeah. rock musicians who mm-hmm. love her even though the styles of their bands might be yeah. completely different just the way that she writes and the way that they work just gels and she's, yeah. Because she plays like a guitarist yeah. on the piano. She mm-hmm. plays these open fourths and fifths and it's like power chords on the piano. Nice. You know, so I can, yeah, she's very well respected and I mm. think she respects those artists as yeah. well. Yeah, mm, Totally. Mm. She doesn't look just to other piano players. No, and, that, and you can tell, like, yeah. she's so inspired by such a diverse. She's funky, rocky, jazzy, yeah, everything. all of it. Poppy and classical, obviously. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it opens. Crucify. Mm. Big beautiful piano melody, <gasps> pounding drums with just like that little, I don't know what it is, but some kind of echoing noise behind some kind of percussion, like they're hitting a bell or some, mm. some kind of weird thing behind it. 
so good really cool. so many yeah so many layered like vocals and then yeah. angelic harmonies during the please be save me section um she moves from alto to soprano with ease in this one like so nice um and then she says i've got enough guilt to start my own religion <laughs> so mm. great yeah. right i was just like I like that one. Yeah. yeah. So, so this is more about um, using religious imagery for a relationship struggle, mm. I think. But um, I guess like growing up with a Methodist pastor, mm. she references religion a lot. A lot. But she goes all in on it too. Like it's not just, oh yeah, it's a little bit of religious imagery here. Like she talks about raising up her hands and having nails driven in. Like that yeah. she's like all yeah. the way, like not just crucifies in a sacrifice, but an, an actual hands on the cross That's crucifixion. Totally. It's like she's, yeah. And I love it. It was the fifth single mm. in May 92 mm. as well. But just like that first, like your first solo song, like this is how you introduce yourself to the world. It's bold. Like, it's, it's bold. such a bold move. all in on the religious imagery. Yeah. If you, if you don't like it. Like oh, just totally. Not, yeah. And you know, this album, I didn't realize this, but she, she made this album with her then partner. Okay. Yeah, Ross. And well, his name was Ross. Yeah, I can't. I don't think, I think I it's like Mark his, Rossi, I think. Yes, it's. I've written it on somewhere, but and she had to write it twice. Did you Did you know that she she I think she took it to the to the yeah, record I label, really and, things, and they, were like, and they oh, went. Mm, I it's don't not know. quite there, and they shuffled it around and brought a couple of songs in and took them out, and yes. they didn't like. They weren't quite there either, so they she reshuffled it again. It was just a lot of back and forth. Totally. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's. So fascinating the process, but um, yeah, I love that you know coming from that really kind of poppy. Why can't Tori read? Mm. Period. Yeah, it's like she's just gone. You know what? This is me. Mm. If I'm gonna do this, yeah. I want to say what I want to say, yeah. and I want to do it as authentically as possible. Mm. And I'm so glad she did. Rolling Stone put it on. Number 233, 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. And it's also in the book, 1001 Albums Before You Die. Oh, wow. Okay. And I agree. There you go. Nice. That's cool. Mm. But then it goes into Girl, mm. which is one of my favorite songs. Um, just like when she starts to sing. She's been everybody else's girl. Maybe one day she'll be. Lyric buddy, Lyric oh, yeah. buddy. Yeah. Always you two. <laughs> yeah, just so like good. I did, I did, such a great chorus. Did. <laughs> awesome. It's so, so we're, we're, it's a group group lyric buddy. Group okay. lyric buddy. So it's just so poignant, like and <laughs> like empowering. For like so, much, I was probably what twelve when I was listening to this, and I was like, oh yeah. Like again, it's such an empowering thing to have um, when you've got a woman that looks like who you'll become, mm. like singing to you, saying, totally. "Like, will you become your own girl?" Like, mm. and I think if I remember correctly, this song is kind of written about what I just said before in regards to her going, "You know what? I just want to be myself, and mm. I want to kind of showcase mm. who I really am." Um, yeah, it's so beautiful. I love the chorus of this song and I love the synth part that mm. Corey t- 
Tori. Did yeah. I say Corey? Yeah. <laughs> Tori <laughs> plays in the chorus. I think it's like strings. Yeah. It's like this yeah, really the, interesting Yeah, there's line. a big orchestral sweep all the way through this song. Which yeah, is like, yeah, so great. I think it's definitely like this one-two hit mm. of like, this is not just going to be one like one person playing one or two instruments. Like it's mm. going to be a big deal, all the songs all the way through. And when yeah. she's singing, like she she's in everyone else's girl at one point. There's a this deep vocal like that she's singing, and then there's this really high pitched like layer over the top, but it's not in unison. Mm. So it's just like one saying girl, and then the other one says girl, and it's just like not at the same time, but it's just layered really beautifully. Oh, so good. She's a master of the counter melody i think mm. there's yeah. often two different melody lines or more happening at once and i love that yeah, i think i've stolen it, that from her yeah, over nice. the years you nice. know it's very very rare that good. she's singing to the same melody as the piano anywhere on yeah. the album like it, because usually because the piano is going way too fast for you to possibly sing to it <laughs> totally but it's yeah they're on different patterns mm. but still linked together in a way that you wouldn't think they're different or anything yes um, and then in that one, there's like a bit of a male harmonizing on the back as well. So on a bit where she says, sit in the chair and be good now, the, there's a male harmonizing mm-hmm. over the back of that, which is like the man telling her, sit in the chair. Mm. Like, yeah, it's really cool. So good. Smart moves. Mm. Cool. Um, we should talk about Precious Things, which I think is probably my favorite song on the album. Aww. What about Silent All These Years? Mm. We can we can do Silent All These Years. I think that's one of my so- Okay. So, I, so yeah, sorry, I quoted some lyrics already earlier when I got yeah. a bit excited, <laughs> a bit ahead of myself. Um, but yeah, so yes, Silent All These Years. Oh, so beautiful. I actually covered this song um, at Women in Voice um, nice. in 2015. I love it. I She talks about when she wrote this song, apparently she was, oh, actually, yeah, she came up with the what she calls the bumblebee piano tinkle which Mm -hmm. is the start of it these really beautiful (laughs) chromatic runs (laughs) and i think that came first and she was i hope i'm not getting this mixed up with another song but i'm pretty sure she was like in this tiny apartment um with her partner and she started doing that no i am getting it mixed up sorry no (laughs) strike that strike that edit that out um this was i think um inspired by her little niece okay um who who was called cody and she was reading the little mermaid to cody and she said watching cody respond to this young woman giving up her essence and power all for something else and in that moment i realized that when she had no voice that just completely took me to the place where I needed to reclaim it. So mm-hmm. I thought that was so interesting, yeah. that story. Um, That's lovely. It's full of imagery, this beautiful song. Yeah. Because it's um, like, yeah, it talks about a dysfunctional relationship sort mm. of scenario where you do find your voice, but in the end gives them solace. Mm. And um, they like say, um, she ends up saying something about like, um, here, take hold of my hand, oh, which is lovely. It is, um, but so there's lovely. one line which I have absolutely used um, on a guy before, which is, "Boy, you best pray that I bleed real soon." Yeah. 
because I'm like, yeah, like if you're yeah. pissing me off or whatever, you bet. You know. Yeah, um, that is yeah a brilliant line. And I talked earlier about the orange cloud about mm. her ginger hair, but um, I have a cupid's bow on my lip. And my friends always said that it looked funny, and especially when I put lipstick on. And so she talks about her funny lip shape. And so I, I again, I was like, Tori, you're my lady. Yes. yes. Like, you're who yeah. I want to become. Totally. I'm just a guitarist instead of a piano player. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't yes. sing. Um, <laughs> and I'm not rich. And I don't have good. No, it's fine. <laughs> but we did move on. Precious things. Yes. Precious mm. things. So Love, Liam, like this chaotic swirling maelstrom of piano bits coming in and going out. And like and at the start. What I wrote yeah. It. At the yeah. start mixed with like that heavy breathing, like breathing sound. Oh, and super fast pace. Um, yeah. Just super cool. Like it doesn't. Yeah. There's not a lot of other stuff that sounds like almost jagged the way this, this one does. Like a lot of the stuff her piano playing is usually quite smooth. Whereas this is like it feels like she's really stabbing at it. Yes. It's really cool. Yes. Mm. This and one's then, amazing. Oh, yeah. I was just saying in the back half, like it then it picks up with like there's like rock instruments and it's mm-hmm. like really sort of pounding and drums and guitar parts and stuff like that, which is really cool. Um, there are two lyrics in here which I loved, which are. You said you're really an ugly girl, but I like the way you play. And I but I thanked him. Can you believe that? Got that one down. So yeah. yeah, and then the best thing, read Christian boys. So you can make me come. It doesn't make you Jesus. I love it. I had <laughs> lyric twins. Is that yeah. what lyric we buddies. say? Yeah. Yeah. Lyric buddies. Yeah. yeah. Sure. That's so, so good. Like so good. Like what an awesome like line. Mm. Again. Like I don't think I've used it on anyone, but I feel like I should. Yeah, definitely. It's a great line. Yeah. So there's a. Uh, Australian band called Blue Line Medic who did a really cool like rock straight like more to rock instrument cover of it but like oh, playing all the piano that. parts it's so good okay. I can't find it online anywhere I've got I've got an mp3 of it that someone has very clearly hit record during Triple J playing it so it's got a little of the DJ intro and outro oh, and then so it's wow. so compressed and flat and it's just mm. but it's wow. yeah such a really cool thing and when they go when she sings with their nine inch nails and a little fascist panties tucked inside the heart of every nice girl, like they just scream that out and just pull it the whole song to a stop for it. It's really cool. Oh, I've got <gasps> that lyric written down too. Yeah, so, it's just yeah, so great. So yeah. I like yeah. the, yeah, just because I think I was just seeing two nine inch nails at the time as well and she was probably friends with Trent Reznor. Mm. <laughs> so, um, yes, would, I think she would, was. It would make perfect sense. Oh, wow. Well, great. Um, any other double tick songs that we haven't gotten to Winter. for you? Winter, oh, straight off the bat. Come nice. Classical piano. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and. When you're gonna make up your mind, cause things are gonna change so fast. All the white horses are still in bed. Mm-hmm. Well. I thought that when you're going to make up your mind, when you're going to love you as much as I yes. do. Yes. This is oh, all about her relationship with her father. Yes. It's like a coming of age song, isn't it? It is. It is indeed. It's really beautiful. It's so coming an adult. Because yeah. um, he ha- they obviously had a great relationship yeah. because um, she talks in winter about putting, looking forward to putting her hand in his in her father's glove. Oh, 
which is so lovely. It is so lovely. And then um, he's obviously coaching her. And she must have had a really complicated childhood being accepted to uni at the age of five. Mm. And like having to deal with like the complications of being surrounded by eighteen-year-olds and stuff like that, and st- and still being better than most mm. of them, and, and not actually have any friends or peers or anything. Life, yes. Life. And then her father's a literal Methodist pastor, so like from a religious perspective, that's obviously going to be hammered home. And yeah, it must have been really complicated for Absolutely. her. Absolutely. So, but she still had a great enough relationship that he took her to gay bars to come play yeah. piano. <laughs> yeah, but he was probably had ulterior motives. Well. He's probably going to convert people as well there, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know he would. Right. <laughs> Maybe that's, that, a, that's just the negative guy. That's, what they, like, yeah. that's yeah. what they do. So Happy Phantom is where we go into funky, yeah. jazzy piano rock. A little bit, a little bit of yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, like it. The, the, yeah. she, there's a, someone plays the dulcimer in that mm. one where they hammer the strings uh, and it makes that interesting sound. Yeah. And her vocal range is awesome. Um, it's a cool song. Cool it's just song. really, Happy yeah, it's just, like three minutes. It's really cool. It's really funky. Um, just She's like a, a, a nice thing after winter and before China. Mm. It's Yeah, this is actually one of my favorites on the album. Mm. And she says that she, she talks about having to die or a little part of her having to die in order to create little earthquakes. And so mm. that's what she kind of speaks to oh. in, in, yeah. in, in the lyrics. Mm. Because she talks yeah. about like going to heaven and yeah. seeing all the people up there, and then but still wondering whether or not the person she's with will find somebody else. Or yeah, yeah. yeah. And I and she says, and I will never need umbrellas in the rain. I wake up in strawberry fields every day, and the atrocities of school I can't forgive. The happy phantom has no right to bitch so good because mm. like she's like no nah, i'm a dead ghost now yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love it i love it and then yeah atrocities of school oh so yes um can we talk about leather mm. oh yes yes it's another Double slightly poppier number again <laughs> pardon so another slightly poppier number again with yeah, yeah but like how it's kind of cabaret it? yeah. I feel like yeah. it is yeah. really cabaret vibes actually yeah that's, yeah, mm. that's really nice she does a piano solo in this one. Yes. Jazz fun yeah. piano solo. You can almost see her lounging over the piano and playing it backwards. Like yes. just just awesome. Um, but obviously it feels like it's like she's trained up to be a dominatrix and this is her first go at it. Yeah. <laughs> she she wrote this song in eight minutes. Right. So apparently a friend came over to her house or apartment to borrow sugar. And she played some of the album for her friend and her friend was like, oh, it's not, it's not catchy enough. Right. Imagine saying that to yeah. Tori Amos. <laughs> Ooh, that's a bold <laughs> move. Yeah, yeah. And so then after her friend left, she sat down at the piano and in eight minutes wrote Leather. Up leather. Mm. As you do. As you do. Nice. That's awesome. Well, wow. yeah, and uh, I like... Um, I can scream as loud as your last one, but I can't claim innocence. Yeah. Or <laughs> so if good. love isn't forever and it's not the weather, hand me, me my, my leather. <laughs> Brilliant. Mm. So smart. Just so smart. 
And that yeah. goes into Mother. Oh, which is the big seven-minute <laughs> epic. Mm. Like just what it's silent into classical piano. Yeah. Like it starts with just this absence, which yeah. I thought was like really like poignant and yeah. stuff. Um, and it made me feel like it was about her leaving home very young, but mm. wanting to keep home safe. And then she has this passionate vocal, but it feels like it swaps between the child and adult, like in mm. her lyrics and mm. stuff, which is like a really nice like play on how she's like performing the song. Oh, and she talks about being a redhead again. So a green limousine for the redhead dancing girls. That's right, yes. Yeah, so switching in that dancing for singing and performing. Yeah. So which is closer to what she which is what she was doing. But just yeah, that idea of always wanting to have something at home so you can try and make your way home if you get lost or if someone won't let you go. Which is yeah, once again just super wise for someone who's still relatively Relatively was still relatively young when she Mm. put this together. There was a moment that I thought was really interesting about um, probably being dominated by adults where she says... thought that that was like a real good twist on like you've manipulated me because I'm young and mm. like malleable and now you've taken over my dream innocent yeah and then she talks about brides in veils and he's going to change my name and that made me think of like confirmations or baptisms mm. and like where you get everyone gets called Mary yeah it's in, some <laughs> of the songs are like some of the imagery she uses is like, okay, I can really clearly see what you're going for going here. For. And then sometimes it's like, I don't know what, like she's obviously just seen an image in her head and just put it straight into words. I'm like, I don't know how that's supposed to connect mm. or relate to anything. But I still totally. like, sometimes you like the imagery anyway. Absolutely. But you just be like, I don't, I can't connect what this is supposed to be, but it's just yeah. cool. But when she starts to sing Mother the Car is here. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I get goosebumps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, absolutely. So we should touch on, well, we should talk about me and a gun. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's yes. important. Yes. So, um, yeah. Acapella, yeah. she yep. tried to bring it out as a first single. It's an interesting choice, I think. Let's say that as a, yes. as a minimum. Yes. It's an interesting choice. So um, what was it? Like, Liam, had you heard this song before? Never. Ah, I hadn't heard this, and, then I, read, heard and then I read about um, what what this what based on. Did the... you know two people have actually covered this? And I think, no, how dare they? Wow. Like, yeah. how, like how dare they cover this song? You've got to, yeah. It takes One a of them was Amanda Palmer, so mm-hmm. that says everything. Um, but oh, no. she don't worry about. Her. Um, but <laughs> and neither yeah. do I need to. Then. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for you. So. Um, as Liam said earlier, we're going to talk about a song which is about rape. And this is a very frank description of a rape that Tori was actually the victim of when she was 21 years mm. old. Mm. After so, a concert. Yeah. By yeah, a concert girl. Yeah, like yeah. one of the patrons. It's mad. Yeah. It's madness. Um, yeah. Super explicit, but not graphic. Like not a, not a description of the act itself, but uses the imagery so well that you can still, to your own horror, p- 
picture exactly what's happening in every every step of the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah treads that line just in an, ama- in an amazing way. Yeah. And, and it was she, a knife as opposed to a gun. It was a knife. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, and she was wearing a red top. Yeah. Yeah. In it. And she talks about that red slinky thing in the lyrics. Um, but then she, um, coming back to the religious stuff, she sings, and I know what this means. Me and Jesus a few years back used to hang and he said, it's your choice, babe. Just remember, I don't think you'll be back in three days time. So you choose well. Mm. And it just, and she talks about all the things that obscure things she was thinking yeah. during yeah. the act. About never being to Barbara. Like all the things she hadn't done. And then, and then when she had that thought of fighting back, it's like, what if he kills me? Yeah. And he made her sing during yeah. it. Yeah, so, it she, the, so she was yeah. singing like hymns and stuff like that during the act. It's haunting. I mm. would imagine as a performer, it must be so hard to like almost relive yeah. that experience. Mm-hmm. And then every time you perform it. Yeah. Every time you perform that. it. I, I read a comment on, and maybe it was the, just the, the Wikipedia one or, or another slide I pulled, and she said, like, words to the effect of um, the real victory for me in writing that song was I've, been, I've been allowed myself to be vulnerable again. Mm. I'm like, mm-hmm. and in performing it, it's like that empowering. Yeah. And she played it for a long time, I believe. She used to play it every concert for she a number did. of years. Yeah. Not, I think yeah. there might be some catharsis. Yeah, mm. for sure. In that, and also because she's part, she's performed for free on behalf of like um, uh, rape charities and stuff like that in like Madison Square Garden. So she's performed for free. People have paid hundreds and hundreds of dollars for a ticket, yeah. and all that money has gone to rape charities. Mm-hmm. So um, she, it must be kind of empowering for her, and she probably knows that um, sexual assault is prevalent still. Yeah. Um, towards women so um if it gives them any comfort to mm-hmm. hear that song then you know absolutely yeah. Correct. and it also Quite. deals with you talked about the slinky red thing but it talks about like that rape myth of did she deserve it because of what mm. she was wearing yeah and yeah. obviously yeah absolutely not so it's like yeah i wore a slinky red thing does that mean i should spread and it's just mm-hmm. like yeah just confronting the act but also the idea that people would then blame her for what she for was what wearing, she wearing. she agreed to take yeah. him in the car and all that yeah. all sorts of stuff as well it's just really harrowing Absolutely. And amazing. It was amazing. Mm. I know I've written poetry about my own rape and sexual assault and I've read it out at poetry slams and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's felt like a huge weight lifted off of me. Mm. And um then I've had people coming up to me afterwards and saying like talking to me and just going, Thank you for doing that. Like it was really yeah. important to me mm-hmm. and like they got the opportunity to say to me. And that's what I love to do to her is to go up to her and say, You have no idea how impactful that was for me when yeah. I was twelve years old. Mm-hmm. So Oh yeah. my god, the power of sharing our stories. Yeah, oh, I will unreal. never yeah, underestimate that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So important. So um really important song and really daring. To bring it out on your debut album, yes, and and debut single and, debut and name single. the single in the early nineties, guys, as well. I mean, that's like, right, yes. like, yeah. that's right. This yeah. is very different, mm. Mm. very different period. Gosh, cool. We're running a bit short of time. Did anyone have any other double tech, nah, double heart songs you wanted to touch on before we do our wrap up? That's true. 
wrap up, we have a final pitch. Emily, from... do you have any other songs that we hadn't covered that you no. want to go to before we do final no, pitch? No, no, no. Cool. Final pitch okay, time. Okay, final pitch time. Off you go. Oh, what yeah. to say? What to <laughs> no, say what about to this say album? Oh, my gosh. I love it for so many reasons. I think that, and as I said before, I love a well-crafted set list and I think this album does just that you know you've got your kind of heavier um kind of rockier numbers and then you've got a beautiful soft um ballad um you've got a stripped back piano and voice song you've got an acapella song there's such an array of different sounds I think it's also a virtuosic album I think she is a virtuosic musician Mm -hmm. and singer um I think I love the poetry of the lyrics and I also love that you can almost interpret them in so many ways. Mm. Her lyrics are often not super literal, um, which I think makes it quite accessible for so many people um, getting different meanings from her, from her music. Yeah. I think it's just one of these albums that is unlike any other album it's a first like it's she was doing something groundbreaking Mm. I think Mm. and so bold um and I think all of the songs fit so beautifully together and they're meaningful for Mm. so many people Mm. it's an iconic album and I think that's why it is uh flawless awesome nice cool Grant Yes, sir. Final thoughts and a thumbs up or a thumbs down. This is a, um, it's a great album and, um, you know, sort of out of my wheelhouse a bit. Again, my two, my experience is Cornflake Girl and a, you know, a yeah. dance track. Um, and yet I had heard elements of it certainly 20, well, is it 30, 30 years ago now? Jesus Christ. Um, loved, there's, there's double ticks, like every second song is double tick, uh, Winter Into Phantom, all the rest of it. My unfortunate challenge or what I didn't think was required was Little Earthquakes. And I thought that from mine to finish on me and the, and the gun, and the gun, sorry, was like so heavy. Like, and that's great. Mm. What, a, what an awesome finish. We didn't need Little Earthquakes. And yeah, it's the title of the album and all the rest of it. But <laughs> sure, but I, I, yeah. that was... I was, it was amazing, all of it, and I really, really enjoyed it. And thank you because, you know, lots of notes and everything here. But I'm going to say no just because I didn't think that it needed to end on a little earthquake. So I thought that it was a perfectly good ending with as confronting mm. as that song is. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. thought, like, there's something to think about. But yeah. I can, at the same time, I can see why you would maybe want to try and lift it a bit with the little earthquakes right. post. But for me, I'm going to say it's a thumbs down. But thank you. It was really cool. Such a pleasure. Thanks. Awesome. George, I like final thoughts and a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Final thoughts. Well, oh, so excited when it was uh, Tori Amos because um, I've loved her, as I said, since I was 10 and I love her music. Um, she inspired me on piano, could not do it. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Yeah. yeah, but I'm still, but I am ginger and proud. And um, I remember taking in a picture of Tori Amos to a hairdresser once when I needed my hair topping up. And I said, can you make it like that, please? Because I wasn't quite <laughs> orange enough. Um, <laughs> so I was just like, in, totally, she's been an inspiration to me. And Nina Gunn was cathartic for me mm, as well, yeah. like really powerful. Um, there are so many songs that I just, I did not need to bring up the lyrics on Google. Wow, yeah. Like, because I mm. just, I've heard this album so yeah. many times. Yeah. And so I listened to a song and go, oh yeah, that. And then I just write the lyrics down without looking them up because yeah. I yeah. literally didn't need to, um, <laughs> which was awesome. So um, it was really beautiful. And I've listened to it a whole way more than I needed to for the sake of Flawless as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, however, sorry, oh. there's one thing that, Ever since this album, I first got this album, there is one song that I always skip, which is China. Isn't that so interesting? Because that's like, people say that is her most kind of um, accessible ballad, pop ballad. Yeah. And it was her third single. Yeah. But um, it just, so there's organ and piano, um, soft percussion, feels like it's going to be like this epic kind of song and um, it's really nice and, and it, she's, she does sing, like, sometimes I think you want me to touch you. Yep. How can I when you build a great wall around you? Like, great lyrics, awesome. However, it is smack bang in between Happy Phantom and Leather. And I'm like, I've listened to Happy Phantom, and I'm like, jazzy piano, cabaret song, boo <laughs> And then I'm, like, brought back down to this, like, anthemic kind of piano rock song. And then I'm brought back to funky awesome like fun leather and so i've just since i was 12 i've skipped china and i've gone from happy phantom to leather which is why i can't make it a flawless album but i do know <sighs> sorry, it's tori. <laughs> sorry tori i tried i really tried should we, de- should we devastate <laughs> she, she's gonna really like i am ginger like naturally <laughs> ginger um but no i'm i'm sorry like wow. But, okay. And I knew it coming into this as well. I was oh. like, I, I just knew because I've been doing this for years. And I was like, am I going to skip it this time? And I was like, oh, fucking did. <laughs> so yeah. I was really yeah. pissed at myself. But thank you for bringing it. Thank you for bringing Such it, Ginger. A Yay. Liam. Liam. Yes. Hello. <laughs> How are you? Cool. So we'll do the short version because we've already got two thumbs down. So I got... I agree with absolutely everything you say, Emma, about how it's iconic and it's amazing yeah. and it's a debut album. So even though she'd done stuff before, there's still her debut solo. So confident, so beautiful. I'm so glad I listened to it. Like I'm going to have to listen to more Tory stuff and it was just yeah. really, really mm. cool. Definitely. Except for one song. So we all had one <laughs> song. I didn't mind China and I didn't mind Little Earthquakes. Um, tear, tear in your hand or tear in your hand, I'm tear not sure how hand. it's pronounced. That took me ah, out of the album because that sounds yeah. like the romance song at the end of an 80s action film. Oh, my gosh. The, the piano melody on that sounds like it was Top Gun and then someone comes running out and hugs Tom yeah. Cruise and he's got her in his arms and they walk off into the sunset together. Oh, wow. The piano on that's that just, all the, I'm going to fucking see from now on. That's all I could that's see so when funny. I was listening to it. And I was like, so I listened to it on just listening to it. I was like, yeah, this sounds like an 80s action thing. And then I went into the lyrics and it's like, no, no, it's, it's one of her songs. She frames it in the same way she frames all her songs. But every time I hear the piano, ding, 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 I just think... Kelly McGillis and Tom yeah, Cruise. I just, I just think 1989 action movie. Nicole it just, It takes me out of what I think she's trying to do with yeah. the whole album. Totally. And I just... Okay. It just... Yeah. That's so <laughs> wow. interesting. She based that song on Scarborough Fair. 
by Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, okay. Okay. Interestingly, yeah, right. it was like the blueprint right. for it. And she's got this line in it that says, if you need me, me and Neil will be hanging with the Dream King. And that is a reference to Neil Gaiman, who okay. was nice. Amanda Palmer, is Amanda Palmer's was, husband. Was, Palmer. I think. Was, yeah, I think, I think they, I think they, they split, up. split up. Yeah. And they became very, Tori and Neil became very, very good friends. And, okay. Um, because of because of that. Right. Nice. So, yeah. Yes. Well, it, yeah. It, but it wasn't it's not for even you. The whole song. It was mostly just the piano. The way that yeah. she plays the piano in that song just took me out of the yeah. album. So yeah. Oh, that's loved it. Literally but... all I can see. You know, I've got the song in my head now. So yeah. That took me out of it, so yeah. I gave it a thumbs down. But I, re- yeah, I'm the same as this. I love listening to it. And thank you very much for nominating Such it. Such a pleasure. And we want to thank everybody for listening. We have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we are Flawless AMP on all of those. So check us out. Leave a rating. Leave a comment. Tell us what you think about the episodes. Everything you do helps us to find more music lovers just like you. And of course, the Patreon, which is Patreon.com/slash/FlawlessAMP. So you can check us out there. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.